0: Are you looking to learn more about investing in the central Indiana real estate market? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Indy Real Estate Investing Podcast with TNH Realty, where we discuss all things related to investing in the central Indiana real estate market. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Indy Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Tallman with TNH Realty, We are a residential property management company that services the central Indiana market. It's just me again today. I'm sitting here by myself recording this all by my lonesome. The title of the podcast today is the top 11 members of your real estate dream team. If you're looking to begin investing, I think this podcast is for you. And even if you're an experienced investor, this may provide some food for thought to help you Accelerate your in, investing career. You know, in a recent podcast, I interviewed Laura Conway. She's our attorney, and we spoke about evictions. And during that interview, I mentioned that Laura, even though she's not an employee here, is very much a part of our team. So before I get into the list, I think it makes sense for you to first do some honest evaluations of yourself, because I think before you can build the correct team, you kind of need to understand what your superpower is. The reality is that if you scale up your rental business, if you grow your inventory of homes from, let's say five or 10 or 15 or 20 or beyond, you will not be able to do everything yourself. And you will not, I'll repeat it again, be able to scale as quickly or successfully if you just try to do it all. So for example, you may be really skilled at rehab work or maintenance work, and you have really good technical skills. You have a good vision for what a home can look like with some work, and you have the technical ability to make that happen. Now, you may not be a licensed plumber, and electrician, but you know that you could convert a closet area on the main level to a half bath that could add a lot of value to the property and things like that. So on the other hand, you may be a deal whisperer. You may be able to review homes on the market and quickly pinpoint homes that make sense for you that kind of are in your buy box. You know areas really well, you know numbers really well. You can make quick decisions on whether or not to make an offer. And you know, more importantly, that those decisions that you make will generally work out. They'll be good investments for you. So every skill is important. So I think it's important to be honest about what you do really well and then seek out people to counter your weaknesses. The basis of this list, at least 10 of them, uh, come from a guy named Brandon Turner. He wrote a book. Some of you probably read it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you haven't read it, the book is called The Book on Rental Property Investing. I highly recommend it. There's a ton of real estate books out there today on the market, but this one is specifically written for the buy and hold investor which is what we deal with mostly. People that are buying real estate to rent it long term. So there's a lot of good stuff in here that you should that you should read through and absorb and apply. We have a really good blog and we'll put a link to that in the notes as well. We wrote several years ago that talks about building that a dream team. The beauty of that blog is that we name names in that blog. So whether it's a insurance rep or a mortgage person, we're going to give you specific recommendations. Of people here that can help you locally achieve some of your goals. So let's get into the top eleven members of your real estate dream team. The first one on the list is a spouse or significant other. When I read this, I was like, "Yeah, that's really, really important." And when people ask me how long I've been investing, it's pretty easy for me for me to remember because we started investing the year my first child was born. And in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best time to begin things. And I don't remember. Any specific conversations I had with my wife back then, but I knew I know we we did discuss it. I mean, she was very aware of what was going on. My wife and Scott's wife, I think, both had high degrees of trust in what we were doing. Their grandfather owned rental properties, and I remember she told me stories of when they used to drive around. Uh, her and her sister drive around, and and you know he might go collect rent or whatever. But they were very aware of what he did, so the concept wasn't foreign to her at all. But yes. You need buy-in from your spouse or significant other. It takes time. It's going to take a lot of your time, especially at the beginning when you're likely working another job. You're going to need nights and weekends to to work on this. And so your spouse has to be very in tune with what your goals are. And really the basics of it is you need to explain the why of what you're doing. You know, This isn't something that you're doing as a hobby. It's something you're doing as a business. You want to treat it very seriously uh, with an end game of creating wealth for you. Something else to consider here, I would definitely share successes of your business with your spouse. There's going to be some successes, there's going to be some failures, but I would really accent the, the successes of your business. Show, you know, create a personal financial statement. It's something I really think is a valuable tool. Update it every year and then share that with your spouse. Say, look, this is what this is why we are doing this, you know, we're building wealth, Wealth. you know, we're gonna be fine in retirement, things like that. I think it's important that you get really good buy-in and get on the same page with that spouse or significant other. The second team member is a mentor or an accountability partner. This is so important and it's something Scott and I probably didn't do a lot of, mainly because of the resources that the author here mentions really weren't available to us back then. He mentioned specifically investment clubs. And we had one back when we started investing in 2000, there was an investment club here locally, but it wasn't very good. It was a meeting that we attended a few times. They were It was generally a, a very elderly group of people who did a lot of complaining about sewer bills. And it's something that we just never found value in. Now today it's different. We had a guest on, Dave Short, who runs an investment club here locally. And it's much better, I think. But back then we did not have the benefit of a great investment club. He also mentioned bigger pockets, bigger pockets started in 2013. So we were well, you know well into our investing at that point. So we weren't able to, to take advantage of bigger pockets. Like a lot of new investors can, there's a ton of resources out there. So the reality is we had to learn a lot on our own. I remember reading some books and we used other resources like our realtors and attorneys for advice on the, you know, some best practices and in investing and they were helpful but it is, I would highly recommend seeking out people in your area that know the area well, that have had success. You know, they may not be overly forthcoming with information if they view you as a competition, but there's plenty to go around. I think if you meet the right people, they will be more than willing to share some of the best practices and, and some of the lessons they learned along the way that can help you. So again, a, a mentor and accountability partner, I think is a great team member to have, The third team member is a real estate agent. This is a big one. If you don't live in Indianapolis, a lot of our clients don't. I know a lot of investors that invest here don't live here. There's just no way you can know this city like someone who lives here every day. So a great realtor is imperative. I think there's three things to consider when choosing a realtor. The first one is that the realtor must have an investor mindset. Don't make the mistake and go to Google and search top real estate agents in Indianapolis because the ones that show up likely don't routinely work with investors. So you need that realtor that knows where value is, can sniff out a good deal and work with you on that. So make sure they understand your goals and that they understand how to make your goals happen. Okay. Second, they got to be hungry. I assume you're hungry to grow your rental portfolio. Your realtor has to be in that same mindset. You don't want a realtor that just throws you lists every day and then you have to sort through all the, all the noise. You want a realtor that can pinpoint specific deals for you and tell you this is one that you should consider. You know, not pressure you, but just says, look, this is something I think checks your box, your boxes, and I think it could be a good deal for you and can answer a lot of questions surrounding that property for you but you want them to be hungry. You don't want them to be passive. You want them to be very proactive with you. And the third thing is they just need to be available. Again, you're gonna be working outside your normal office hours, your normal working hours. You you typically do work nine to five Monday through Friday. So you're gonna need a realtor that is willing to work outside of those hours with you. And the good news is most realtors, just the nature of their job, they're set up to do that. If you think about when you wanna buy a home to live in your primary residence, you probably looked at that on a weekend or an evening when your realtor showed it to you. So realtors are very accommodating that way. They kind of set up their lives to work when you're not. The fourth member of your dream team is a lender. And this is kind of a no-brainer. You're going to need to borrow money likely to start building your business. And having a good relationship with a lender is imperative. Again, like an agent, you need to get a killer. You need someone who's going to work hard for you, who's going to shorten that loan process because they're working hard on your file. And I do think if you can develop a relationship with a lender, you can, again, shorten that time it takes to process that loan because they're going to have so much documentation already on you. Their file is going to be full with your information. So you may have to resubmit some pay stubs or things like that, but you're not going to have to, you know, submit a tax return every year or things, you know, supporting documents that you might have to if you're just going in at the first time. a piece of advice, I would resist the temptation to continually shop interest rates and go with the shiny new rate. If you've got a good relationship with a lender that can close on time, that can do it efficiently, it is worth paying a little more. So for example, if your lender, hey, says, hey, I can get you a 7.5% interest rate. And you go online and you search this introductory, this one-time rate of 7.25%, don't be tempted by that. I think it's important to be loyal to that. Again, not to be too distracted by the shiny new rate. I think you'll be better off in the long run. The fifth person for your real estate dream team are repair people. And this includes contractors who can do like full-scale work, full-sale remodeling, full-sale, you know, if you think about the flip model, if you're going in and just completely rehabbing a property, you need someone who can do that. But you also need handymen who can do simple repairs and simple punch out items. I think you need both. And today, as you probably know, those are really hard to find. Unlike lenders, I think there's, you can't have too many good contractors in your Rolodex. And something to consider, contractors are not generally good business people. They just aren't. They're probably good at painting or carpentry or flooring or whatever it is, but they're probably not great at scheduling, communication, even invoicing. (laughs) We've seen issues with that. So understand what you're getting into with this. Again, always search for great contractors. And when you find one, take care of them, pay them fairly. Don't exhaust them with them providing you quotes and then either not using them or beating them down on pricing continually. You need to keep them honest. I get that. But if you continually beat that contractor down on pricing, it's not going to bode well for your long-term relationship with them. If you can find a loyal contractor who's going to give you really quality work, that you're not calling back constantly for warranty work, they can get it done on, done on time, they are worth a premium. Let's say this contractor you find that does really good work, does it on time they're not gonna be your cheapest route out there. And the truth is you don't want the cheapest person out there. I can promise you this. If you use a quality contractor, even though they may be more expensive, they will at the end of the day, save you a lot of time, frustration, and likely money because they're gonna complete the work on time and allow you to start making money on the property, start getting residents in there that can provide you rent and cash flow. Scott and I've had contractors for years, like 20 plus years in some examples. I allow some of these contractors into my personal homes unescorted. My dogs know them. So if you find, you can make those relationships, hang on to them for dear life. They're very important. They're hard to find. So if you can find them, pay them well, take care of them, foster that relationship, because it's a very important relationship and team member on this team you're trying to build. The sixth member of the dream team is a bookkeeper. And this is something I think a lot of investors will do themselves. Most are fine with it at small scale. And what I mean by bookkeeping is you record your rents, you record your expenses, you do like simple bank reconciliations. They keep your books. There's plenty of inexpensive software out there that your bookkeeper or you can use and the job there is to you know keep really good accurate records so that then they can, this bookkeeper that you or whoever you might use can deliver those books to your CPA, which is team member number seven, a CPA. I think a lot of investors feel like they can and should be able to do the tax return on their rental properties. But I would highly discourage you from it. I believe that we've used a CPA, from day one. And there are, there's some good software out there that you can do. You can, you know, do your return if you want, but a CPA is taxed on all the new tax laws. They know the proper way to depreciate your properties. And again, look for a CPA. If you're, if you're making a decision to hire a CPA, which I highly recommend, look for a CPA with some experience doing rental property investment returns. I do honestly believe a good CPA, like a lot of these team members can pay for themselves in tax savings. Just last year, our CPA reached out to us, Scott and myself about a state tax break that had just happened. And and we went through that process and ended up saving Scott and myself thousands and thousands of dollars. So unless you are a CPA, and I know there's plenty of investors who are CPAs, hire a CPA. I think it's, well worth the money to make sure you keep yourself straight. You know, if you ever have an audit, they're going to be on your side. There's just a lot of benefits to using a CPA. Okay. The eighth member of your dream team is an attorney. And I talked about our attorney at the top of the show. We consider her to be a major part of our team. We deal with thousands of tenants and it always seems like something is going on or we may need to consult our attorney. We have a ton of answers here. Our group is experienced, you know, incredibly experienced. There's a lot of knowledge within all of our heads, <laughs> but there are occasions we when we do need to call our attorney. We find her invaluable. We pay for her, but she's very, very versed in Indiana landlord tenant law and provides us really good advice. And it's more than just advice that you need might need an attorney for. It's for lease creation and changes. Don't make the mistake of downloading a lease online and thinking you're good to go. Make sure your lease is prepared by a real estate attorney in your market. Okay, because all of our markets are a little different. So, you know, attorneys can handle evictions. They can be complicated. So having that real estate attorney on your on your side can save you a lot of time and headache. Again, attorneys can be expensive. I get that. They could be the most expensive person on your team. But if you botch an eviction, which we know we know happens, if you fail to have a clause in your leash, lease, which could have protected you, which we have recent examples of here, of clients we've taken on, we've taken their lease and had to abide by it and said, wow, this is not a good lease. This is going to cost you. Again, if you make those mistakes, whether through a botched eviction or a bad clause in your lease, you're going to spend a lot more time and money fixing those mistakes than if you had it set up correctly and use the professional to do those kinds of things. Attorneys are invaluable, hire one. The ninth team member is an insurance agent. Again, I hate to keep saying this, but this is another invaluable team member. Get an insurance broker. I think that makes the most sense. That way they can shop around different companies instead of you hiring a state farm agent who's gonna give you the state farm rate. Hire a broker, they're gonna get you state farm rates at a whole lot more companies so you can kind of pick and choose. We did a podcast with a broker recently, and I'll admit, I learned some things. You know, after doing this for nearly 23 years, I learned some things about insurance. Now, the point is, I don't need to be an insurance expert. I don't want to be an insurance expert. But we have someone on our team who knows the ins and outs of that. They make sure we have are properly insured, that we get fair rates. So, get yourself an insurance broker, make that a priority, develop that relationship again so they're out there working hard for you. The 10th member is a property manager. These guys are not important at all. I highly encourage you just to manage your properties yourself. Now I'm just kidding. Obviously, being a property manager, I, you know, I have a, a pretty good insight into this and, and the value that property managers can, can provide. The interesting, interesting thing about property managers, you think about it, if you hire a really good one, and that's that's the challenge is hiring a really good one, they can eliminate your need to hire a lot of other team members. So, for example, if you hire a property manager, you should not need to be constantly pounding the pavement for contractors, repairmen, things like that. Your property manager should have all the in-house vendors and techs and things like that to handle your day-to-day maintenance, your tenant turns, things like that. You may not need a bookkeeper because the property manager is going to produce a statement for you that's going to, you could you should be able to deliver right to your CPA so the bookkeeping should be taken care of. Now I know a lot of our investors take our statements and put them in some other software or do analysis things like that. I get it. but generally speaking, the property manager should give you, your profit, your income and expenses by property for the year. And that's what you're going to need to get to your CPA. You're likely not going to need to hire a lawyer. If you hire a property manager for your day-to-day of your homes, like evictions, lease changes, things like that. I would, however, still make a connection with an attorney for just general things that you're going to need, like setting up an LLC. So I still think even if you hire a property manager, get the attorney so you have one on your side if you ever would need them. And some property managers like us have brokerages that can help you buy and eventually sell your property. So that eliminates the need to have that realtor on your team if you have good trust in your property management company to get you good deals to to add to your portfolio. Now, I think I've been pretty vocal about this on the record many times. Not everyone should use a property manager. If you're a control freak, if you have the time, if you're local and you enjoy the day to day management of your home, then then you should manage it. You know, set yourself up right, still get a really good lease, get good contractors, things like it. You're going to have have a full team if you do this. But if you, again, if you have the time, if it's something you enjoy, then do it. But I think it's a fair statement to make that you will not be able to scale your business. So let's say you want to get to hundred homes. You're not going to be able to scale that business unless you hire a property management company. you're going to be too involved in the day-to-day management to get to go out and get deals to build to add to your portfolio. We had a great interview with a couple of our clients, local investors and they spoke specifically to this that they're still looking to add to their portfolio. you know the time that they needed to do showings it just it just took up too much time they could not focus on the bigger things now I'll admit Scott and I used to paint homes. We used to show homes. We used to run applications, but we don't do that any longer, obviously. And it's going to be really up to you to decide when the the value of your time exceeds the cost of the service. I think that's a good way to look at it. Again, if the value of your time is more than the cost of a property manager, it is time to hire one. So how do you find the right PM? Well, it's likely going to be the most important relationship you'll enter into. I mean, I think all of them are por- important, but I think this one probably is the most important. So I don't, you know, don't take this lightly. Don't just, again, pick the PM who's the cheapest. Remember my discussion about contractors and things like that. Don't just pick the cheapest PM because you will generally get what you pay for. There's so many examples. We talked to Jake Niner, business development manager. He'll back me up on this where he'll say, hey, I know I. you and I spoke a year ago. I chose a different property management company because they were a little cheaper but now I want to sign up with you guys because they don't have a good experience. My personal thoughts on what makes a really good property management company is a couple of traits. One, I think longevity matters. And I think staffing levels matter. There are a ton of property management companies, not just here in central Indiana, but all over the country that are unproven one to five person operations who are running around with their hair on fire. I'm a part of a lot of national Forums for property management companies. And it's amazing some of the questions that come in there from new people. And I'm just like, you really should not be managing homes. If that's a question you're asking, you're not ready to manage homes for other people. So again, it's this one to five people operations. They're running around like crazy. And a lot of times, and we've seen some recent examples in our market, and I feel like we're gonna see more, they will flame out we've seen it a bunch. Brandon Turner in the book that I'm using as the basis for this podcast, he wrote in all bold and in all caps, he said, a great property manager can mean the difference between success and failure for your investment. Again, all bold, all caps. He believes it. I believe that they're a critical part of your team. This is a big decision. And it's a decision that if you get wrong, can cause you a lot of headache and cost you a lot of money. So do your due diligence. Read reviews, online reviews. I think online reviews are important. Read reviews, but don't make necessary decisions off reviews. You need to talk to the PM. Don't read a review, say, wow, that's a really good review for an investor, and then make a call and say, I want to turn my property over to you. (laughs) That's, That's not the way this should work. Again, this is a really important relationship you're entering into. You need to talk to the PM, get a feel for how they operate, Understand your involvement because PMs have different levels of involvement for their clients. Don't have a one to two minute conversation with a PM, make a quick decision. Again, it's a really, really important relationship and you need to enter into it with both eyes open. Number 11, Brandon Turner does not talk about this team member, but I added it because I think it's important. Something I wanted to share with you all. So number 11, this is our called the bonus team member. That's a financial advisor. A long time ago, I signed up with a financial advisor who happened to be a neighbor of mine. And she was an awesome person. I really, I really enjoyed having her as her neighbor, but in hindsight, she really wasn't what I needed. I'd send her money when I could, but there was no like forced saving. She never really talked to me about my overall investment strategy. She never talked about how it was performing. It was a very passive relationship. I assumed I received statements back then but there really wasn't much discussion and my investing just kind of floundered. I was a big investor. I liked to invest in the stock market, but I didn't have a real good plan. It just where there wasn't a lot of collaboration or discussion or anything like that. And I believe it was Scott who introduced me to a guy and that he started using and I think our realtor at the time used him as well. This was a long this was several years ago and i resisted using him i you know i had a personal relationship with this financial advisor neighbor but i decided to take a meeting with him and wow it was it was a completely different experience and when i decided to move forward him when i decided to move forward with him he really 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 got to know me and this guy today probably knows more about my finances than anyone and pr- probably even me i would say for sure me it was a, a big data dump and he summarized it all, said, Okay, here's all your investments. Where do you, you know, he got an idea of what I wanted to do and when I wanted to retire and things like that. So he just basically said, look, if you want X, then you need, you need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I said, okay, let's set it up. So he didn't only set it up, but he's a guy that will hold me accountable. Scott can talk to this. We get reach outs from him multiple times a year. Um, He holds us accountable. You know, we talked about the accountability partner earlier. This is that person. And this is the, this is the kind of trait you need in your financial advisor, someone to hold you accountable. It's like, Jeremy, do you want, you said you're going to save X a year. Here's where we are today. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So he's awesome. Again, he reaches out to me multiple times. I know where I stand and I let him guide me and and it has really paid off. He's been a huge part in helping me achieve what my wife and I have today. Another example of that, just recently I was presented an opportunity to invest in some, it's a commercial project. I believe it was in Ohio. I sent it to him. And the next day, he called me and gave me his very honest opinion. And the the bottom line is, I wanted his opinion. I wanted him to tell me what he thought of it, based on what I had in my investments. Did this make sense for me to invest in? And I only did that because I trust him. And that took time. Obviously, it took results. But now I really trust the guy, and I value his opinion. Another story: My son recently moved to Knoxville, and my wife and I are passively talking about purchasing a property near the Smoky Mountains and staying there part of the year, maybe, you know, vacationing there and then using as a short-term rental when we're not there. And you can bet if that conversation gets more serious, I'm going to consult him and get his opinion on it. So if you don't have a financial advisor, you know, you need a person, you know, there's plenty of companies out there, but you need a person that you can consult with. That's going to be on your side, understand your goals. If you don't have one of those, get one. They'll make a huge impact in your overall financial wellness. You know, he understands very much our our real estate investments. You need to let them in on everything you have so they know the whole picture so they can really set and hold you accountable to your goals. And he's so good. I, I may do a future podcast with him. Again, he's really good. I think he'd be great on the show. I may do that. So in closing, an overriding theme here, treat this like a business. Don't be afraid or too cheap to pay for great team members, whether that's a contractor, a property manager, whatever, great team members should accelerate your progress. So think bigger picture on things like that. Another question, you know, I can address is when do you need to hire all these people? Well, you can make the argument that even if you have just one rental property, all these people are necessary and go through the list. And I can't say, yeah, that's not necessary at one property. You can make an argument that all of them are probably necessary. But as you scale your business, my guess is that you'll eventually employ every single one of them. Okay, so that's it. There's your 11 team members that should be a part of your real estate dream team. If you have others, let me know. Send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. We hope everyone has picked up some information that will help them with their investing. We'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. In the meantime, we encourage you to share this podcast with your investing friends. Leave us a review. And don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. And please stay invested in your investment.